Hey there, Crystalline Hanchi on AWOL Zebra, and I just did a podcast about how hard it is to connect with people, and I'm so excited about this next guest, so work with us because we're doing a 17-hour time difference. I have fulfilled my daily duties, and I decided, nope, let's do this interview because I'm excited because I want to have individuals share their story when they've been able to overcome and to take a bunch of negatives and turn them into a positive. And I'd like to welcome Helen Stanford to AWOL Zebra. Hello, Helen. How are you doing? Hello. I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Outstanding. It is a pleasure. Now, we met via a post and I was like, if you have a story to share and you felt that you had something you could share. I definitely do. Absolutely. Yes. Excellent. Now, what I I always like to start off with this. I'm 53 years old. How old are you? I'm 33. You're 33. When did you get your diagnosis? On the first of this month, this year. Oh, my goodness. Uh, It would be rude to say like an EDS virgin or a, a baby or something. No, that's a. I mean, this is. Oh my goodness, this is a, you don't want to say congratulations, but (laughs) I mean, it's like, wow, you got your diagnosis, but this is new to you, but you, but you knew it all along, right? So, I mean, so you're 33, you just now found out, but first of all, just what did it do for you when you got the diagnosis? So initially I was very stunned. So um, I had kept repeating to my doctor, like this, no, you're definitely giving me a diagnosis. I could, I was stunned because I know it's very difficult to be diagnosed. There's a whole process. Um, And the response was, well, in some of the areas you are off the scale with what we look for. So it was, you know, it's, it's pretty obvious that it's definitely EDS. So I felt a lot of things, a lot of relief, but also, a lot of negativity because it had been such a long time that um, I came to terms with that quite quickly. And and then I realised that actually for all that it takes from me, all the struggles that I face living with this condition, one, I know what it is for sure. But two, it actually enhances my my music um and music has always been me so in a sense even though there's a lot I can't do in fact the time that I do have I spend it with the people that matter most and I get to do what I love I get to sing and I get to lift people up and um bring them relief and healing via music which I can't think of anything else I'd rather do so in a sense I'm very very grateful um, even with the complications that it comes with EDS. Oh, no, no, definitely. And I, I think, well, I mean, first of all, music is my go-to, you know, that's why I wanted to be in radio. I love music. That's, I have to be a disc jockey, so I be closer to the music. And the fact that you're, you know, we discussed it off the air, as this is what I'll call it, that you're a singer-songwriter, but were you... Did you not, how, what came first? 
were you singing or was it after you got the diagnosis, you found out you could sing? I mean, how does that work? Because individuals are probably thinking, well, she could have sang before. Let's, let's walk us through. You just got diagnosed. But yes. You, yeah. By trade, you were actually a chef. I was indeed, yes. I followed my birth mum into the catering industry. Um, I loved it dearly. Um, I just loved being part of a team, but physically I couldn't continue that. It was too painful. I, it broke me, um, sadly. But then um, I've always, as you, you asked, I've always sung. Um, in fact, <laughs> I lost my place at my local primary school when I was three because they gave it to someone else. And the reason I got my placement at the other primary school, which I'm so grateful for, um, I actually went to the circus and I, I wrote a song at three years old. I don't remember it now, but I wrote <laughs> a song about the circus and the headmistress was like, oh, whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, I've always sung, but I never thought um, there was anything in my music. I didn't think it was good enough, so I never really pursued it. I just thought it was the run-of-the-mill kind of stuff, kind of just a hobby so I focused on other stuff and it was only a few months ago that I really paid attention to my music because a good friend of mine recorded me on proper equipment and I got to hear what everybody else heard and I cried God I get why people are yeah I hear it now and I apologize to everyone for discrediting the years they spent trying to tell me and then when I finally heard that, you no, know, you have EDS and um, with the stretchy skin and the fact that I've got a very, very flexible trachea and so forth, it just connected. Oh, high palate. Flex. This is actually aiding my singing ability that is helping people. And it just yeah, it filled my heart, filled my heart. Oh, so. well, it's, it's sad. I, I mean, I kind of it took a lot of like tragedy things to, to lead me up to get the courage to go in the direction I wanted to in life when I wanted to, to be in radio you just didn't have the the courage or the confidence in your singing and when you were pretty much taken away from all the jobs and all the things that you loved you were like I mean this is it if it wasn't for the diagnosis you never would have stepped into the to the art of singing it it certainly did give me a kick up the butt um it the dots connected even before i got the official diagnosis because obviously you 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 research things and i was realizing my body did things and that's not normal right um and it just connected the dots connected I'm, I'm very spiritual and i do think that life happens for us yes and that's firmly within within my heart that okay I can't chef anymore I can't walk for miles I can't horse ride because it breaks me but music's not hindered because I also play the piano and guitar and I can sit for hours playing the piano and it doesn't hinder my mental clarity it doesn't break me physically it actually makes me feel better so in effect it not only helps me to do it more but it helps everyone else too i mean it's therapeutic you yes it, and, and i always tell people and i do i agree with you people connect for a reason i and i just was introduced to the group that i did the post that you responded to and 
that was just all by happenstance. And I believe, you know, things happen for a reason and we're drawn to, to people. And the fact that, that you are able to see that there's a, a therapeutic side to what happened to you and the fact that you were able to turn it into a positive I I think is wonderful. And it's like, I tell people my podcast is my medicine. I can't get up and go to a radio station, but I can turn the microphone on even from the bed yeah, and put on an episode. And what I want to do is share with individuals that, you know, as we were talking, you know, it, it, and I might've just already said it, but it's, it's not a death sentence. No. It is, it, it kind of, it, and we spoke about this as well, that we have these dreams and aspirations, or we have these secret desires of things that we want to do, but we're lacking the confidence. And yeah. if it wasn't for me getting this illness, I wouldn't have had the wherewithal or the confidence to just go ahead and say, let's start this podcast in hopes of helping other individuals and you kind of hit the same thing with yeah. your, with your singing. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, to, to lose your dreams, you know, of being a chef and, and things like that. I mean, that's not a simple job and I'm sure the wear and tear on your body um, yeah. had to be horrific, but I have a high palate. I have yeah. all the things you spoke of and nobody would want to hear me sing. So, <laughs> <laughs> so what is it? Um, would, do you, are you performing? What are you doing now that you have accepted the diagnosis? Now that you feel that this is your calling, what are you doing to of of course you're obviously you're doing it for yourself which as we said is therapeutic but what are you doing as far as sharing your voice with others because i have no idea like i said i just i have your name and i knew you had a story to share i have no idea about this this was brand new to me when you spoke about the singing so what do you do how how do we find i mean professionally what what are you doing how do you share your voice with the world Absolutely. So I, uh, as soon as I heard the recording that my friend did on his £7,000 camera, I signed up to TikTok under my stage name, which I'll explain. So my stage name is Danny Conway, D-A-N-N-I-I -I, Conway, C-O-N-W-A-Y, uh, because it's actually part of my middle name, but it's also my great uncle's surname, who was quite well known in the music industry because... Um, Back in the day, we're talking 1950s. His name was Russ Conway and he's my great uncle. So I signed up to TikTok as Danny Conway, my stage name. And I have my grace notes. I call them my grace notes. And um, I share the songs that, that I write. And I'm currently working on a project, a song called This Is The Hill We Die On. It's an inclusive song um, that's going to raise money for charity. And you can find me there in the whole progress. And I'm hoping to do live gigs eventually once I have the equipment. But for now, I am connecting with people via TikTok and Instagram. And I sing at home on my piano and guitar. And just going with it and just doing what I can, taking every opportunity and just living my best life, really. I, you're, 
wow. It, it's so nice to, because I have, you know, several interviews that I've done and I've spoken to several people mm-hmm. and to hear how you're getting through now, now, do you, do you also, do you have supplements? Are there exercises? Are there things you, or, or is just singing all the medicine you need? At the moment I'm getting by through um, smoking cigarettes and singing because um, I'm still waiting to speak to my doctor. I'm, I've, I've, they've mentioned about orthotic. Are you there? You broke up? Oh no, Helen. I love it. I told you we're going to rock and roll. No matter what happens. Because I, I want individuals. Are you okay? Everything's good to go? Absolutely. Outstanding. No, I, I because I want people to know that you don't have to have all this editing, this incredible studio video to go with this, that our, we are just trying to share our message and mistakes happen in real life and they happen. A connection's lost, it happened. But I couldn't explain anything as soon as it disconnected. I couldn't say, we. I could tell, I think I was going, Helen, but I got you at orthotics. Orthotics. So yes, so a couple of things. They're going to look at pain management. So whether that's going to be medication, because um, I can do very little walking. I'm very limited. Um, I may be able to wash up, but if I do any more than just walk up to my friend's house, um, I'm I'm bed bound. It's ridiculous. So there'll be pain management. There'll be orthotics to look at. Um, stabilizing my feet which will help everything else but that's in a few weeks so for the meantime I uh, well I've got into diamond darting thanks to my friend Um, to just relax the mind and kind of sometimes you have to dissociate especially when you can't do anything about it yes too late at night I can't sit at the piano so um people sleeping and so forth so gosh well yeah. yes. well so now have you had a now i'm because we're we're meeting each other together i mean you don't i mean you don't really know much about me uh, yeah. have you had a lot of subluxations what has what has been your your symptoms with the eds i have constant sub subluxations i can't even say the word subfluxing gotcha that- all my joints do it constantly throughout the day I'm always realigning them putting them back in it's just something I've got used to I just thought it was normal up until a few years ago um and I I I guess because I had such an internalized enablist within me that I would subconsciously avoid activities that would highlight that there was issues yes um a lot of masking both mentally and physically gotcha well i i tell you what and and no pressure but when we're done i'm going to send you a link um i i work on my fascia and when you talk about the subluxations and you were talking about your feet when i lost my ability to walk and talk 
I had had surgeries. I had, you know, lived in pain. It, it hurt. I had extreme nerve pain. I thought my life was just, I was, I was headed towards a feeding tube and a wheelchair. And I'm like, I can't do this. And I found someone that discovered every joint in my body had subluxed. My pelvis was out, everything. And when I started getting everything put back in and I started releasing the fascial adhesions, which is something you can do. It's non-invasive. I do it. I have a tool that I use. That is how I got my ability to walk and talk back. I no longer need to have braces. I don't need orthotics. I don't need a mobility aid. So I would like to know, I mean, again, no pressure. Would you be willing to look? It's a private group. I'll send it to you. Would you be willing to look at it to see if it's something that might possibly help you? Absolutely. That um, is something that I have been really, really fearing. Actually, funnily enough, I was having those thoughts before looking at things thinking I'm heading towards braces and being filled with medication and I'd rather not. I'm not going to lie to you. I am going on, no, October will be two years that I've been working on my fascia. I have found it's, um, you know, when your body gets tight and you, you feel like adhesions under your skin. Have yeah. you, okay. Um, if you've had any kind of surgeries, any scar, you build up adhesions and I'm not going to give you a big fascia lesson. Cause that's like my little thing. Um, but I just want you to know that I was subluxing continuously. And once I started restoring my fascia to health, my, un- unless uh, my husband accidentally kicked me in the middle of the night one night, popped my pelvis out. We went over a speed bump and my hip, my pelvis and my shoulder popped out. But unless I have injury right now, my subluxations are few and far between. Oh, that's amazing. And it's from working on my fascia. Like I said, I've done, I've done all the medications. Now I'm not, you know, out and about going to run a mile. I am fortunate enough as when we spoke earlier, I was able to go pick up my son from work, bring him home. Um, I'm, I'm working on building up my body. I'm learning what I can do. I can't, you know, vacuum. I, I can't run the Hoover. I can't, you know, like lift gallons of milk, but the braces, that's what was bothering me. I was putting on braces. I had, um, I, I, I masked, as you had said, the way I walked so that people couldn't see that I wasn't able to use my toes properly. My feet were full of fascial adhesions. And once I released those adhesions and started the blood flow, my body started coming back to life. Wrinkles and cellulite are damaged. And a lot of people work on their fascia for aesthetic purposes. I am doing fascial remodeling, which is a new emerging science. And it's like I said, it's non-invasive and it starts bringing your body back to health. I now have color in my face. I now... Um, you can see scars that I had that were just white and atrocious looking are now looking like normal, 
pretty much. So I am uh, going to send you that link and would love to chat with you more about that. But the fact that you're open to that, I mean, that's that's even more wonderful because that's that's kind of one of the biggest fears. And I don't feel it's from vanity. I don't feel it's a vanity standpoint. It's just the fact of having to put on armor, you know, braces and, and to deal with mobility aids. I mean, I didn't, when this started happening for me, after I gave birth, uh, you know, I was told I couldn't have children and I thought I was going through menopause at 37. Instead, I was blessed with a bouncing baby boy and my body started going downhill after that point. So as a new mom, to have to break out the cane and stuff when I'm taking my son to kindergarten, although there's nothing wrong with it, it just it it just made me not feel like I was being the mom that I wanted to be. And so I changed the way I I I I, I walked so that I didn't need to use my cane, which over time had a domino effect and messed my leg up all the way up to my pelvis. So it's not a vanity thing, I don't think, as to yeah. why you're avoiding braces. I mean, what exactly is it for you that, I mean, what does it mean to you as to why you don't want, I mean, I'm sure people are thinking, what a stupid question. But if no. you need them, you need them. But it, what is it about you, like the stigma? Why is it so important to you to not have to use them? Because I would like to exhaust every other option. I think if it's the last resort, it's not that I'm averse to it. I just think if there's other ways that might help and I might be able to at least maintain or regain some of my functionality, um, one, I'm a very independent person and I like to be able to give to people and give to myself. Um, and it, it's it's a downward slope. I've seen so many stories where people have started using it and they've just got worse. It's almost like the braces, you, your muscles don't stay built. And then the more you use them, that it's just, yeah, I just have this feeling inside that. Right. That Still hope that there is other other ways. There's probably ways that I haven't heard of yet that might, you know, as you, you've just talked exactly what I was hoping for. You found a, a method that works for you and is actually helping you to heal. And and see, there's uh, there's a reason we connect, and we didn't even. I mean, this is where, and I, I kind of get teary eyed because. I started this podcast. I wanted to, yes, for my medicine and because I needed to fulfill the disc jockey in me, but I wanted so badly to help others. And you are that exact person. You you don't, you're not opposed to them. It's not, it's not you're not adverse to it. It's, it. You don't look down on it, but you yeah. want to be able to walk in and do a gig and carry your guitar, not your yeah. walk. Yes, exactly. So, yeah. I, I'm so excited. Now I'm going to tell you, I still need pain medication, but I'm able to manage my pain. I can yeah. tell when my body is going down. I haven't quite developed how, you know, I'm working on my neck because what happens is fascia strangles your muscles. It strangles your vocal cords. And 
it restricts the blood flow. And as it gets worse over time, it takes away your ability to walk. It takes away your ability to breathe properly and things like that. And I'm telling you, when I started, when I was diagnosed with vocal cord dysphonia and lost my voice, that was my bread and butter. Yeah. And I thought, what in the world am I going to do? Well, now your diagnosis has potentially given you the courage to use your gift and make money from it. You don't need something preventing and taking this away from you. Yes. So, oh, I'm so excited. Oh, I'm going to send you the information and then we'll chat. Definitely about that i'm just i i just i just get tingles i feel like connections have happened and it just it i i'm just very thankful and grateful that you commented on my post i'm very grateful to connect with you too honestly honestly i just i yeah this is (laughs) this is this is really cool i'm i uh I like when moments happen like this. This is why I don't like to edit at, well, for one, I'm not that great as we've come to find out with my <laughs> phone skills, but I, I just like it to all be real because I don't like to do things scripted. I just like things to, to just go as they are. And I love the story about how you came up, you know, with Danny Conway and, Russ Conway, I for some reason I, I I'm a big fan of music. I and for some reason that name just rings a bell to me, and I don't know why. If you you will know things such as Russian Roulette, China Tea, Side Saddle. That that his music was very influential, especially on the pop culture music. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> no. Oh my goodness! You're kidding me. No. Kidding. Yep. Oh, oh, yeah. I'm getting. I'm not. I'm, not, I'm just like. Oh my gosh. No yeah. way. I feel like. Oh my gosh. I have a connection. It's like I touched the hand that touched. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. This. Well, what an honor you are doing. Doing. You know, for your great uncle and. I, I think that's wonderful. And what I love is, you know, I don't charge people a subscription to listen to AWOL Zebra. Uh, I am in the process of, you know, we have a website. I'm, I'm working on developing the website. And I like to share when people are, are doing things for charity and trying to do things raise awareness so I feel like we have a future together in order to help spread awareness and you know promote positivity with this illness yes absolutely absolutely now we've got your subluxation Mm -hmm. your joints talking about orthotics we're working on pain management you have now, you know, you're connecting, you know, with people with TikTok and things like that. 
you're very young. I, you know, I say at 33, I could be your mom. <laughs> I, I could be, I guess I could have had you at 20. You could be my daughter. So what do you feel is next for you? It's, it's already, you've already seemed to pretty much decide that kind of hell no, I'm not going to go. You're not accepting that this is my diagnosis. I have to go ahead and start brace shopping and this, that, and the other. It seems like you're not going to go quietly. Definitely not. I will fight to the bitter end. Um, I will never give up hope that this can at least be maintained or even improved. Um, and I, I'll just keep going for as long and as as I can because life is hard but I'd like to think that my lived experience and my awareness will be just like a, a positive ripple effect and just, you know, help others as well as myself. And, you know, that is very hard to do yeah. when you have this illness. Just walk me through what is it like in the day of Helen <laughs> when, when you wake up what I mean you're newly diagnosed but you had this and you knew that was going on what is it to start your day off how, just walk me through you woke it up now what the first thing is I have to evaluate if or any or how many joints are out of place so I have to figure out where I am and then put myself back in order <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, and the next step is um, to get myself downstairs and make myself a cup of tea. I do love a good cup of tea, I'm a tea monster. Ah. Um, just, just to, I, I try, I, I try to keep myself walking there. I mean, it, it's painful and it feels like I, I can't move, but I need to move because if I am in one position too long, that's when problems occur. I've always known if I stop, it's going to get worse. So. Um, just walking up and down the stairs, having a rest, getting up pottering, having another rest. So it's, it's taking it steady, but often, and that's normally just an average day. Um, just constantly being aware of how my body is, how I'm feeling, what sort of pain level I'm, I'm, I'm in. And then I'll d decide, well, I'm in a good space. I can go and visit some people or... I'm not too great today, so it's going to be just pottering around the house. I, I can't walk to the shop or anything like that. So entirely dependent on when I wake up, on where my body is, is depending on what I do for the day. So and I kind of work with it. I kind of just work with it moment by moment and just think, OK, right now is not good, but it's it. I, I won't be like this forever. You know? No. No, that's a great because there are you know it's amazing to me that I have been I have been fortunate enough to meet individuals that they get up and first thing they do is they have a set of exercises they do they've got 18 supplements that they take or they they do this they go to physical therapy they have a regimen of what works for them and yeah. The fact that, because 
I started thinking when I when I was doing the pre-interviews, like we were talking, and 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 I'm yeah. talking visuals, and I'm finding out, oh my goodness, I've got to add this to helping me live a day, and I'm thinking. Is it? I, I honestly thought that once I got my ability to walk and talk back, and once I released the fascial adhesions, I thought I'll be good to go. And then, oh yeah, that fatigue that we have so badly, that reared its ugly head, yeah. <laughs> you know? And then realizing that I do have so much time in a day but I'm so stubborn and I'm bound and determined that I can fix that too do you feel that way very much so that is me to a t also gotcha because that's that's just it I'm not beyond supplements I'm open to trying you know everything possibly can but I can't I don't know how your appetite is but I don't eat enough in a day to handle 18 supplements in my body. I I I have um issues with eating for a multitude of reasons. Um the I'll stick to the EDS side of it. So obviously I've got digestive issues. Um and I guess the kind of way I've dealt with that is by just eating once a day and drowning myself in tea because then I don't have to deal with the cramps or the pain or any of that business um so I'm hoping now I've got this diagnosis that when I go to my doctors again and go this is everything that I'm dealing with I'm not coping and if I continue on this route I'm going to be in trouble so how can you help me and how can I help myself because I don't know what else to do really um yeah again I'm very early on in my journey I was only diagnosed a few weeks ago and before that I was even feeling like an imposter on these groups that I don't have an official diagnosis is it yeah but yeah no that's I mean this is the thing and I feel so badly I saw a woman she posted that she found out that she wasn't that she didn't have EDS and yeah. he had already gotten a zebra tattoo. Oh gosh. And she's like, now I'm not a zebra. Am I still allowed to be in the group? <laughs> and I'm thinking, bless her heart. Yeah. She doesn't have a diagnosis, but you know, there are you know, the the doctor that diagnosed her originally might not have been wrong. Maybe the latest diagnosis might not be right. You don't necessarily have to have this illness to be a zebra. Yes. Understood. And, and that's the thing. And and I do, I, I can only imagine how lost you must have felt. I mean, to feel like an imposter, I mean, your life is already so hard and there are so many challenges that you know are are brought down upon us and then for you to be in a support group and then feel like because you don't have a diagnosis that you don't necessarily belong that just breaks my heart yeah and yeah, I, I, that that just that just breaks my heart. But you you know you you knew in your gut 
that something was wrong. You knew in your gut. What was it? How long? Because for me, up until I gave birth, I had, of course, gastric issues. I had uh, the, the endometriosis. I was extremely flexible, put my legs behind my head. I had all of these things that I just figured was part of life. And after giving birth, that's when everything was triggered to where my pelvis was popping out. But it wasn't enough that I knew it was a problem. And I continued on going. You know, if I, I just, I was having a bad day. I pushed through it. Was, you know, it was just, I, I kept going. It was in 2021 when I lost my ability to talk. And then in two weeks, I lost 23 pounds, was declared malnourished. And then a few months later, I lost my ability to walk. And it wasn't until they were measuring me for a wheelchair that HEDS was even considered a diagnosis, a possibility for me. So what was happening to you, I mean, all this time that, I mean, were you being gaslit? I mean, when when did your issues start? I mean, my earliest memories are even when I was in a cot, I have a memory um, that's so, so clear. I was crying and I was stood up in the cot. I had baby grow on and I just remember pain and crying and then my dad wheeling in a TV because watching TV, they would put me in front of the TV. So... Um, I don't know if my family gaslit me. I just don't think they knew what to look for. So things were dismissed when I said about pain. I It was growing pains. Um, even though they recognised I got flat, flat feet, they, they thought that it was just flat feet and I got um, insoles, but I didn't have them for very long. Um, and then I had an early... Um, puberty so I started developing breasts at the age of seven and by the age of 10 I started menstruating and they're they're excruciating so all these things plus fatigue so I would get home from school and crash I could not keep my eyes open Um, and even though my family didn't recognize they put the onus on me I was lazy or irresponsible or the brain fog or making things up when I said that I can't remember I I don't know and um I was always injuring myself and it was you're being a drama queen um they just didn't connect the dots and even when I went to the doctors many times about just my hips it was first noticed in my hips that I had shallow sockets but they thought there was nothing else. Nobody really connected the dots until I moved in with my adoptive mum. She adopted me at 28, bless her. Um, and the first thing to notice, which is separate, is autism. She uh, she knows her stuff. And she was like, I, I think you might be autistic. And I, uh, my first reaction was, no, no, not chance be, no. That soon subsided. But the next thing was, initially, she noticed my elbows 
are extremely high, but they bend right back. Because um, I, I just took a photo. I thought it was funny. Didn't think anything of it. And she went, wow, you might have something called EDS. Because she had talked to me so much. And instead of discrediting or ignoring or putting it down to growing pains, because I'm an adult um, now, she listened and she put the pieces together and goes, you you might want to get this looked at looking at everything as a whole which is what happens things get looked separately so the menstruation issues and the pain and so forth things don't get connected that people don't because it's so rare and unknown doctors and professions will treat specific things separately and won't realize they come from the same source the root cause which is the genetic disorder um yeah <laughs> Wow. So, I mean, uh, <laughs> my gosh. Okay. So you had, so, so you were very, you were actually very similar to me as far as just, you had the, the, the gastric issues, you had all of these issues, but what was, you know, for me, 2021, it was losing my voice and my ability to talk and being measured for a wheelchair that got me my diagnosis. What was kind of your breaking point? The straw that broke Helen's back, let's just to say. What what was it that finally got you the diagnosis you so desperately deserved? So last November, when I wasn't getting any better. So I have been nursing this my whole life, as many of us do. And as you know, you push through and you recover and then you crash when you've got the opportunity. But I wasn't recovering. I was very, very tired. I was in, had insomnia and couldn't sleep and then I couldn't wake up. I, was, I couldn't tell you where the pain originated. It was from the base of my skull all the way down to the tips of my toes. Um, and it was just so much pain that I was like no this is not in my head it can't be in my head I, I need help because if this carries on I'm gonna I'm gonna break and there's gonna be no coming back from that I've, I've watched my mum go through a nervous breakdown I've watched so many people that have pushed through and ignored that just something in the back of my head goes no if you don't make time for your health you're gonna make time for an illness that you're not gonna recover from and I spoke to the doctors and it was a lot of back and forth. They sent me off to something called SWIMS, which is our skeletal muscular team, who mm -hmm. then said, no, you've got low vitamin D, so we're not going to see you until that's sorted. And then they sent me off to physio, where I was then gaslit when I was explaining these things and showing them. And it's like, I'm clicking everywhere. And his response was, well, just don't click them. Oh, so I stopped that dead when, when my adoptive mum heard that. She was like, no, you're not going back. He's making you do the plank, which is excruciating. It was having the opposite effect of helping. So we stopped it dead and went back to the doctors. And I kept getting appointments thrown from swims back to rheumatology. Um, and finally, May this year, I got the appointment date for rheumatology, luckily, and had an incredible doctor on the 1st of August. And she listened and I went through the entire medical history, all my appointments right back from when I was like two years old. 
um, and a thorough examination, uh, head to toe examination as well. And I'm just so grateful because I have an answer, where, whereas before I didn't. And I was just feeling all these things without no reason. And obviously it's invisible. People can't see it. Well, they can see the hypermobility, but right. they, they can't see it. So it was almost like you end up gaslighting yourself and becoming such an internalised enablist yourself. Like, no, I won't give in. And to your own detriment, well, it certainly was for me. Yeah. So to have that reassurance that to say... It's okay to take it easy. You are going to find a way through. This is not the end of the road. It's not going to get worse. You will find a way. And I don't know why I know that. I just know that. I I think you have an incredible attitude. I, I think you have a lot of gumption. It, it sounds like you definitely are not a quitter. Our, our stories are very similar um i do believe that you know i was dealing like i said with what you were dealing until my pregnancy just until my body stopped and i think you would have kept going until your body just stopped yeah and we've got to promote uh this that is why everybody that i asked to come on if you can share, I, I didn't know you had a TikTok, but if you would be so kind as whatever you can do, I, I want you to, you know, I, I mean, to promote AWOL Zebra would be great. I want you to promote your interview with people that would love to hear you that don't know me that I can't get this to them. So I need your help in order to spread awareness. Of course. So if you would do that, I would be forever grateful but we did discuss this. What are some of the things you think were missed that individuals that are in your position that are trying to get their doctor to listen? What is it you can tell that individual to help them explain this to their doctor? So the best way of explaining why I, I have now got the reassurance and the knowledge of what is going on with me now is because I armed myself with education irrefutable evidence to back up in between knowing what EDS is about looking at your entire medical history seeing where you've had issues and and looking at yourself as a whole um, because if I didn't have my adoptive mum pointing this out to me I'd still be struggling and probably a lot worse off right now if it hadn't have been for their guidance and persistence in saying you should look into this it's about awareness um if the doctor's not listening i don't know obviously it depends in the, in the uk if they're not listening you can request another doctor uh, you can do something called the nhs right to choose which means you can be forwarded to a private um physician and they generally listen. Um, but for many years, they didn't listen to me. But I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what was not normal because I just thought my body was normal. Right. <clears throat> so it's arm yourself with information. It's about awareness, mainly. 
um, which is why I will talk about why my body, the differences between, say, someone without EDS and me, I think knowing the difference will help people figure out for themselves. No, definitely, definitely. And uh, that is why, again, I, I, I did know that you had a, a following and a space to share this, but yes. I honestly believe if you share this interview that you will be helping so many more individuals. We are currently, I know this might not seem a lot uh, to, uh, you know, uh, like a lot to a lot of people, but we started officially in January of this year and we're currently in 19 countries. Oh, wow. That's incredible. So I just, when, when I told you that I, I wanted to do something to make a difference, I, I, I just am dumbfounded that we connected. I am overjoyed with the fact that you have the ability to promote this in ways that I cannot. And that's spreading awareness, especially to the demographic that I wanted so badly. You know, I'm 53. You're going to relate to the 30-ish crowd, you know, and you've got, you know, they can understand your story and the fact that I am introducing you to fascial remodeling. I felt that if I had known about fascial remodeling after my C-section, had I known I would have started 12 weeks post op working on my fascia. And I think my child would not have been robbed of the first few years of me being an active mom and it's it it crushes me because I feel like he suffered so much that's why I I so desperately want to connect with individuals that that too want to make a difference because by me telling you about fascial remodeling, if this can help you with your feet and it can help you with other parts where you've had subluxations and can get you out of the predicament of using braces and perhaps someone that follows you is going to be a new mom or you know has been questioning pregnancy, you can introduce them to fascial remodeling and what's just paying it forward and I hope you realize how how much of a difference I truly believe in my heart this is going to make 100% um I I think now you keep saying the fascia remodeling is that the tissue that sits between the muscles connecting them yes it it is what doctors in training when they were learning about the body that's the tissue they would throw in the trash and and did not study it is it is not it, it was studied in th- you know 3000 BC and then just kind of pushed to the wayside it is bigger it's a bigger organ than the skin it is uh you know when you like have a piece of fried chicken you know that white layer that you see yes that's fascia 
Okay. And what it is, is you've got visceral fascia in your stomach. So when you get pregnant, you have a baby. When you have endometriosis, when you have, uh, you know, menstrual issues, it can be fascial adhesions. I uh, had, I, I was diagnosed with irritable bowel syndrome all my life. I was told that this was my problem. I would go and have a colonoscopy. The doctors, after three bottles of calcium mitigate, couldn't get me cleaned out. Not even with that big suction tool. They just said, it's it's not a big deal. Just live with it. Once I was able to release the fascial adhesions, my diaphragm went back into position. I now use the restroom appropriately. I now sweat because my lymphatic system was completely strangled by fascia. It's going through the muscles. It's like interconnecting highways going underneath your skin, all through your body, around the muscles, around your vocal cords, connecting everything. And when you damage that fascia, whether it be through a subluxation, trauma, You've had, even regular people without this illness have fascial issues. Again, like I said, uh, cellulite and wrinkles are damaged fascia. Once you adhese that fascia, it's, you know, if you think about a garden hose and mm -hmm. you've got water running through the hose. Well, you know, when you get that crimp in the hose and the water won't go out. Yes. When you get rid of the crimp water immediately flows right yes think about that's your fascia when you have an adhesion the blood's not flowing the muscle that's supposed to be working isn't working so other muscles compensate so then you start changing your gait then you start changing how you approach things because your body's hurting and when other muscles are compensating it puts a lot of extra wear and tear on your body so your ability to hold your neck up becomes a problem muscle spasms start to occur because the blood's not flowing and your body's not working problem properly i my muscle spasms were so bad they said it was neurological I couldn't breathe. I couldn't hold my neck up. The doctors turned me away. My husband looked at me and said, Christy, they're getting ready to admit you if you don't just tell them you agree with them so I can get you out of here because I couldn't hold myself up. The hospital let me drop to the floor. I was so scared because they were telling me it was all in my head. The EDSPT, everybody, it was all in my head. Well, when I got to someone that understood fascia, it was a fascial adhesion that it had adhered. It was between my spine and my shoulder blade and it was attaching to the nerves of my lungs what? and when they released the adhesion the person doing it fell into my body I fell off of the stool and I could breathe it was like they decrimped whatever the proper terminology is they <laughs> crimped the hose in my body and I was finally able to breathe wow that's incredible.
So I just, and I, I mean, I can just go on and on and on. And that, that's, that's why I, the podcast is, is so important to me. I do lead, I do a daily episode for a reason because one day I'll be up, I'll be out and about, I'll be doing things. And then the next day I can barely talk. I'm stuck in the bed. I want people to know what it's like to live with this illness. I have, um, episodes discussing the four layers of fascia and when you join the group if you decide to do so you'll see uh, quite a few things and we can work one-on-one but I've started working on my fascia myself uh, as far as just trying to see because I wasn't getting people's attention because they're thinking oh this doesn't work but when I posted a picture of my face before I was working on my fascia. When I posted a picture months after working on my face, my group size doubled. Wow. Because my nose was looked was wider, my face looked swollen, the color in my face, I looked sickly. The I, I had to get people's attention by showing the aesthetic benefits, which I did not know existed. Until a few months ago, honestly, I I did know I did this strictly for pain relief and just to be able to not have to wear a surgical neck collar all the time and just to be able to not be dependent upon the mobility aids and things like that. And the fact that the power to heal is within us and you can work on your fascia while you're watching television while you're working on thinking about a song you can be working on the fascia in your feet wow you yourself have the ability to do it and you my dear helen sound like you have the gumption and the desire to do everything you can to move forward without the aids not that it's a problem but just to give you what you need to feel like you have a better quality of life. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, 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 like I said, I have chills. I have tingles. I I'm going to send you everything because I want you to see if this is something that you could possibly benefit from. And, you know, it's, it's like you're sharing things with the world by sharing your voice and I'm hope hopefully you know by sharing what I've learned what saved me will give you that little extra longevity of building especially at your age especially doing it now at 33 to be able to prevent you from having to succumb to the orthotics and the mobility aids so you can maybe you know get a little bit longer of a walk you know yes indeed i i apologize i'm going to have to run because my dad uh needs to talk to me i'm just in a nation that's fine and I, i was getting ready to tell you it's about time uh and wanted to make sure that did we cover everything you wanted to cover Yes, we did. 
Helen, I am so excited. And we can find you on TikTok. It's D-A-N-N-I-I Conway, correct? That is correct. That's me. Yes. Oh, my lovely. It was a pleasure. I'm going to message you all of the information. I am going to, with your permission, I'm going to drop this podcast for tomorrow i do a daily episode 6 a.m eastern time so it will be out first thing tomorrow morning and i know that'll be the next day for you does that sound cool that sounds brilliant that's perfect uh helen stanford thank you for being with us today thank you for sharing your story this has just been great thank you my dear thank you you're very welcome take care you too helen Bye-bye. This has been an absolutely wonderful eye-opening experience. And I want to make sure that Helen knows how much we appreciate her being here with us. Everybody stay tuned. Crystal and Hanchi, AWOL Zebra. Have a lovely